welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Helson. And I'm James Marriott. Um, we have we've we've reached it then, Dom. It is it's that time. It's the business end of the season as we go into um, Easter. We've not been here for a few weeks. I've been away, so let's just do a little bit of of reflecting backwards. Cheltenham feels like ages ago. We'll we'll gloss over that. So the Wimbledon game a couple of weeks ago, which was which was significant for me. I was in New York watching it with the New York Owls and the rest of the Owls Americas. Fifty Wednesday fans from. Um, across America that all got together in the football factory in New York. So I, I had a, a cracking day out, and in the end, it was um, it was a win for Wednesday. Probably not the most convincing win that we'll see this season, um, but, but got the job done. And then that rolled into Saturday away at Bolton. If you were to write a book of this season for Sheffield Wednesday. I think somewhere in either the name or certainly like the subheading, it would involve the words missed chances and conceding from set plays because it, it was that, it it was just, you know, rinse and repeat again, wasn't it, for, for Wednesday at Bolton, whereby it got to the point kind of about 10 minutes to go and I'm thinking, I've got a horrible feeling that we could end up regretting here that these chances that we've not taken, one nil is just not enough. Uh, and of course the proverbial went and, and happened with conceding another goal from a set piece yeah and that's it you know you went from the joy the jubilation of the last minute winner against AFC Wimbledon with Lee Gregory to then the disappointment and the frustration of dropping two points at Bolton and that's what it was there's no getting away from it you know when you look at it um, and break it down Bolton are in the top half of the table and so normally you would say a point is a good result for Wednesday but I thought that that was the best Wednesday played since the 6-0 hammering of Cambridge and it should have yielded three points 21 attempts at goal James they only had five on target at Bolton and how often have we said that this season where Wednesday dominated away from home and the stats bear it out, you know, when you look at the goals Wednesday scored, you're talking nearly double the amount at home to away from home. They're just not clinical on the road. And that's why we've got the stat, a very average stat of the away record of six wins from 20 matches. And that's just mid-table, that is, you know, I think they've only lost, what, six of those. So they've been harder to beat away from home, a lot harder to beat away from home than certainly what they were last year. Um, but they haven't picked up enough points and they've still got three of the last five away from home. And so that's where the concern is for Wednesday fans that uh, they could miss out on the top six. And with the quality we've got, we've spoken about it so many times on this podcast if they don't get in the top six, they've underachieved and there will be serious questions asked of Darren Moore. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those days, wasn't it, where it was just chance after chance after chance. And and the thing is, you know, when Wednesday, or wherever they go, we, we're going to touch on this later on, Wednesday takes support. It's not as if Wednesday are going into incredibly intimidating atmospheres away from home because inevitably at football matches, actually, away fans tend to be louder than home fans. So, you know, Wednesday were backed really well 
at Bolton. Kind of like a psychological thing with, with away games, isn't it? Because really, you kind of think professional footballers now, you know what, it's 11 players against 11 players. All the pitches are relatively similar. It's not like they vary in quality as much as they used to do in like the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. It, it's kind of weird as to why Wednesday's former away has been so much different to at home. And, and I, I guess it comes down maybe to how the other team sets up. Um Wednesday seems a lot more positive and, and, and we've kind of talked about this thing with perhaps Darren Moore being a little too respectful of the opposition sometimes and, you know, just in Wednesday's game to kind of fit with them a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, it was good to see Wednesday kind of being on the front foot and creating chances, just gutting that they weren't taking them. Yeah, Wednesday were the better side, and certainly in the first half for me. And you know what, Barry Bannon, I think, had three shots at goal in the opening fifteen minutes alone. And I think the turning point when you look at Bolton was the Bannon chance at one nil, and with the way he's been performing and scoring in front of goal, and the fact that he's added more goals to his game, you know, you would have expected Bannon, I think, to maybe have stuck that one away after the keeper had saved from. Marvin Johnson, but Wednesday have only got themselves to blame, and uh, I know that I'm coming across as quite negative, but it's it's the fact that we, we are, you know, <laughs> we are here on the the home straight now, and those could be two really huge points that Wednesday dropped there. And when you look at the table, that it would have given them still the two point cushion over Sunderland and Wickham, and They've got, I think, superior goal difference to them both. And it could come down to goal difference. It, it could do. And, you know, I suppose we've got to look at it and go, the pressure could be seriously on Wednesday now going to MK Dons when Sunderland and Wickham both play on Good Friday. And if they win, then they're going to go above a you know, Wednesday be out of the playoffs going into Saturday night. And they're going to an MK Don side that are the form team in the division. 15 unbeaten, haven't lost in three months. Got a couple of former Owls players in the ranks who will be wanting to prove a point and impress. So, yeah, when's they going to have the work cut out? You know, when you look at the next two away games, MK Dons and Wickham, it, that's why it feels Bolton it could be very significant. I hope it's not, but it could be a very significant result that, that they've dropped the two points. I mean, let's let's take a little bit of a step back here because um, since we last recorded this podcast, Wednesday have played three games. They've won two, they've drawn one, seven points from nine, which is it's not disastrous, is it? I mean, we, we're kind of talking here about, you know, it's disappointing to have, have dropped those points at, at Bolton but actually you know seven points from nine you would say is, is a decent return winning the home games drawing the um, away game let's ignore the circumstances of that of that that draw the problem is that league one this season is a bit relentless isn't it and and you know there aren't really any teams that are letting up you know you kind of always thought that Sunderland kind of hovered outside of the playoffs for a, for a bit after a strong start to the season you always thought that they'd probably make a bit of a late push for it um, you know Wickham I think were top of the league at the start of the season for a little while they dropped away but you always again kind of thought you know what you, you've just got that feeling that they'll they'll come back and, and, and they'll make another kind of 
play for it. So when you look at it now and you kind of think, you know, those three teams all on 73 points, only two of them ultimately can make it into the playoffs if it is two out of those three, which you you would, uh, you know, assume that it's that it's um, going to be. And, and Wednesday, actually, you know, away at Wickham in the not-too-distant future. So we've got that game coming up as well. But just looking back over this run of the last three games then, seven points from nine, not bad. You know, some decent... Um, football i mean i know we said we weren't going to talk about cheltenham i actually thought cheltenham was perhaps the weakest performance out of the three of them which is bizarre because it was the most convincing win but that's a game that could very easily have gone in um in a, in a different kind of direction who's who stood out to you from from that run of three games then since we last recorded you know we, who, who are you looking at and thinking yeah they're banging form at the moment you well you've got to say Jack Hunt would be up there, and yeah. you know, since we last recorded, he's scored a few goals for Wednesday, so yeah. uh, he's, he's a goal machine now. And uh, yeah, I, you know, he for me is a player that you, you can't leave out. And you know, I know that we're going to probably come on to the Nathaniel Mendes Lang conversation later on, and you know, the debate there. And you know, with the wing backs, you know, I think that that is very set in stone. And I think when you reflect on Bolton. You know, you can't look past Massimo Luongo. He was outstanding. That's the best I think Massimo Luongo had actually played for a little while. I think it was the Cheltenham match where he walked away with a goal and an assist, but he was probably a six out of ten that day. You know, mm. I don't. You know, that wasn't one of Luongo's stronger performances, but at Bolton, he was here, there, and everywhere. So, I, I would say that you know those would be the top two for me and then not far behind you'd also throw in Harley Dean as well who I think has been very strong at the back and he's great in the air as we've seen you know, the the aerial duels that you know he's been winning and he's not really put a foot wrong uh, you know in the matches you know that he's played for Wednesday and I still think there's more to come from him but what about you who do you think's played well well I mean you I think you've got to mention Lee Gregory for the fact that he's scoring the goals that matter. Um, you know, he got an important one against um, Cheltenham and then obviously match winner against Wimbledon. And actually, not necessarily either of them were games where he was particularly outstanding, but that's what Lee Gregory does, isn't it? Is that he can be fairly anonymous and still, you know, he crops up with the winning goal in um, in injury time. I actually thought, to be honest, I thought that, that Cheltenham was a weird game because I don't think that Wednesday were, were brilliant. Wimbledon was a bit different because, you know, possession-wise, Wednesday kind of really ruled the roost, but but again, didn't really seem to be able to break down Wimbledon, and that worried me a bit. And I thought I thought Wednesday's football was a bit pedestrian at times against um, Wimbledon, and actually, you know, last-minute winner kind of glosses over that uh, a little bit. But um, I, I think actually for for Wimbledon, you've also got to mention Bailey Peacock Farrell for that for that save that keeps it 1-1 that then allows Wednesday to go and score that last minute winner by rights Wimbledon should go 2-1 up there um and that I know there's questions about um Bailey Peacock Farrell in, in terms of other parts of his his game and how he perhaps commands that back four and um how vocal he is and a few other things and and when you've got a defense that is leaking silly goals the goalkeeper's got to take a certain amount of responsibility for that but I think in terms of shot stopping I think he's again had a really good few weeks and pulled off some really really good saves I think there was another one against Cheltenham and it's it's very vague in my mind that I think he you know he also made a really important save at a really important part of um 
of it was that, like two of that one. Game. Yeah, it, that was again a huge moment. You're right. So we've actually reeled off between uh, the two of us there, James. That's that's half a team of where we. So we've been pointing to players that you know on the face of things we're going that they're in form, they're in good form, um, and that's what you know Wednesday won. And you're right when you know you're, you're pointing out that you know the fact is Wednesday is six unbeaten in the league. You know, too many draws, but. I think from the last 15 matches, you know, Wednesday a third when it comes to points, you know, they've accrued. I think it's 36 yeah. points. You know, that's a fantastic return. And you know, since the turn of the year, yeah, you know, Wednesday have really gone up another gear. And it's so important now that they finish the season strongly to get in the top well- six. It is, isn't it? Because we, you know, we 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 say all this, and and I, I feel like we're kind of actually just going, we're going round in contradictions. But in a way, that's kind of Sheffield Wednesday this season. Is that there's that ability to put in a really great performance and then be fairly anonymous in the and the next game. Now, this is important when we look at someone like MK Dons, who are in really good form at the moment, and it's consistently good form. And and there's been this issue with Wednesday in terms of that consistency uh, we talked about in the last podcast which is you've almost got two Sheffield Wednesdays you know it's which one is actually going to turn up um, and we continue to see that and, and that's kind of the worry isn't it is that you want at this stage of the season that that consistency to be hitting form at exactly the right time that secures you that playoff place I know, you know, we're jumping the gun a little bit here, but the thought a while ago of of, of, a, of a Sheffield Wednesday versus Rotherham uh, meeting in the playoff semi-finals would have been a little bit laughable not too long ago. Now you kind of think, oh gosh, right, all right, that that could happen. Um, but you know, it, it, it's there's there's football to play between now and then. Not dissimilar, is it, to that situation when Wednesday ended up meeting Brighton and, and beating them in the playoffs a few years ago, that sometimes it's the team that's got the momentum that's in great form. We need that to happen, though, because it's not it's just not quite there. You're right, you know, being, being third in the um, form table is brilliant, but we're watching it, and it kind of feels like just not quite all falling into place the way that you would want it to at, at the moment. You know, winning games where you're not playing brilliantly is a fantastic thing to do, but their games against teams that are lower down in the league, you know, we're now coming into playing two teams that are, you know, above us or around us, uh, away from home, and then, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully then we've got the playoffs and you're not going to be playing a bad team in the playoffs. You're not, and I, I don't really like talking that much about or, or I don't like the uh, you know that we're sort of assuming in some ways that Wednesday are definitely going to make the playoffs and the, there are no guarantees that no. they are going to and I think they need three wins from the last five and so they have to if we're uh, you know taking the two home matches as the bankers they've got to get an away win from MK Dons Wickham and Fleetwood, Fleetwood scrapping for the lives, and the other two teams are battling it out for promotion with Wednesday. And in M- MK Don's case, what a great opportunity they've now got to finish in the top two, and they've got a very potent front three: Connor Wickham, Scott Twine, and then they've also got Troy Parrott, who's been scoring goals. Who've got on loan from Spurs. Theo Corbin, who can't even get in the side and hasn't really done much for them in the last few months. 
but you know they are one of the strongest teams in the league and uh, you know there's going to be a big crowd there and yeah Wednesday on the positive side they have performed better against the top teams and they have won at Rotherham and they have won at Wigan so they've shown that they can do it and they've got to rise to the occasion and, and you know it's 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 all set up isn't it it's on TV you, know, you remember the 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 lofty days of being the top end of the championship where it felt like we were on TV every every two three weeks Wednesday would have that tendency to turn it on wouldn't they for for games that were on the on the TV they don't come around that much when you're in League One but but you know this is one of them uh, there's no other games on Saturday evening we're not in competition with anything else um, I don't know how many neutrals will give up the Saturday evening to watch MK Dons versus Sheffield Wednesday but you never know so it's it's kind of it's the opportunity isn't it for Wednesday to really kind of almost put themselves in the shop window and, and kind of show do you know what you know we we are we're one of the biggest teams in this league we're one of the best teams in this in this league and to, and to really kind of um, do it and and actually we're due a game, aren't we, where everything falls into into places? I know we you know, kind of dwelled on the fact that we won two games at home without particularly being brilliant. Well, we're due a really good Wednesday performance. At the same time, actually, MK Dons are due a bit of a hiccup. You know, it, it, it isn't, we, we shouldn't be particularly scared about um, going there. I think so much of it is mentality. We can't afford to make those daft mistakes because I have no doubt all that MK Dons will punish us. Um, you know, they're... It's an it's an odd club, isn't it? MK Dons. You'd say that you know their their fans will be out in um, numbers. They've never been the greatest supported side in the in the world, um, but you know they're going to be really on a high. You know, riding the coattails of what's been a brilliant run and and getting into the top two when it looked absolutely impossible just a month ago. Um, so everything's set up for what should be a real bumper game of football. We need the players to match the occasion. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. And um, there's some strong comments from Darren Moore after Bolton. And he said that he was going to rattle a few cages this week. And that was a bit unusual, that sort of uh, you know, sort of comment from him. But um, he was visibly frustrated at you know, Wednesday's inability to you know, defend that set piece late on. And it's ended up costing them you know, two vital points. And... 17 goals from set plays you know that just shouldn't be happening for a team in the top six you know Wednesday you know really should have got to the bottom of you know improving their defending from dead ball situations and we've just kept on talking about it time and time again and you're so right that you know if their decision making is not spot on if they make mistakes at MK Dons MK Dons have got the quality that you know they will hurt Wednesday, and they they won't let Wednesday off the hook. You know we saw it at you know Rotherham in the Rotherham home match that Wednesday didn't deserve to lose and were probably the better side for over an hour, and Wednesday that time got undone by two set plays. And so you know if you're MK Dons, Wickham, all of the teams that Wednesday've got left to play this season, I know what area I would be targeting and looking to exploit. And what I tell you what we've not talked about actually and let's just let's let's mention um this. 
we we had a bit of a whinge, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago about this game being moved from should have been a Good Friday three o'clock kickoff, uh, and it got moved to a Saturday seven forty five kickoff. Incidentally, after spending two weeks in uh, America with a load of Wednesday fans, I can confirm there are some people that are pleased with it being moved to a seven forty five Saturday kickoff uh, because that's a very nice time when you're um, when you're a few hours behind in uh, in America. Um, but um, yeah, so. Um, we kind of thought, well, that kind of kills the game a little bit, and and what would have been a bumper attendance from Wednesday fans will actually will, will really not be that. As it's turned out, Wednesday's still taking more than five thousand, and tickets on sale for a few more days yet, or certainly until the end of today. Um, so um, you know, it, it's going to be over five thousand Wednesday fans there it's kind of a shame isn't it that you know promotion places in this league aren't decided on the strength of support because wednesday i think will be romping home in the uh, top two quite quite easily uh but remarkable to still be taking that many on saturday evening uh presumably everyone going by coach or driving or staying over in milton Keynes, which is a brave thing to do so um amazing it's absolutely incredible you know Running out of superlatives, you know, Wednesday fans are extraordinary. You know, for the last two away matches, they will have taken over, you know, 10,000. You know, that is insane, you know, and it wouldn't look out of place in the Premier League. I bet many Premier League teams wouldn't do that, in all honesty. And I think if you look at the average attendances in, you know, across the top four divisions um, of English football, I think Wednesday are very close to being inside the top 20 and they're in the third tier, you know, off off the back of a relegation. You know, only Sunderland in League One, I think, for average attendances are above them. You know, they are just such a... They should be such a huge weapon. And it, honestly, if, if that crowd, that turnout on Saturday can't lift the team and spur them on to go the extra mile and get the result that they need to you know take this season deep then nothing will hot on the heels of that then um crew now interesting time to play crew they got relegated at the weekend i think the first team in the efl this season to have relegation confirmed off the back of that they sacked their manager um you would say on paper therefore this is an absolute banker and it needs to be doesn't it but i think sometimes we've seen it before haven't we, with teams that when relegation's confirmed and they've got nothing left to play for and particularly when um you know manager goes and someone else takes over and the pressure's off a little bit that they can be difficult teams to play well, we saw it with AFC Wimbledon where they got a reaction and they nearly came away with a point from Hillsborough. But seriously, crew, when you're talking about home bankers, you know, that is it. I think they've won six times all season. They have been the whipping boys of the league. And, you know, Wednesday, whatever team they put out against crew, I expect them to get the job done. And win well, you know they really ought to. You know, there's there's no excuses for dropping points. Uh, you know, at home to crew. I know that Darren Moore, his coaching staff, they'll be saying to the players, there are no gimmies, but that's as close as you're going to get to a gimme at this level. I suppose coming back to team selection, James, would you, you know, for MK Dons first, would you actually make a change to the starting eleven? What would you do? Would you stick with the same team? that perform well at Bolton you know, for long periods or would you make a change? 
I, th- I think quite a bit of the team at the moment is is pretty much picking itself, isn't it? I think that the 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 question comes just with the front right line really, and what you do, and what you do there. And I think we uh, we said bef- before we started recording that one of the things that we probably do need to really look at is the role of um, Nathaniel Mendes Lang and and kind of what the role that he's playing at the moment. And I mean, it's weird, isn't it, with him and with him and Berahino. You've got two very different players that play very different roles. You know, Berahino is not going to be that player that's coming back and getting stuck in, whereas Mendes Lang does do that. But Berahino is 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 much more likely to to score a goal or two. Um, I, I honestly, my temptation at, at Bolton would be to leave it as it as it was. It, it, it it's a team that did play well, and actually, I think that someone like Nathaniel Mendes Lang is quite suited to that kind of game against. MK Dons in terms of maybe you know dropping a little bit deeper and getting a little bit more involved in midfield if he needs to or that ability to you know to kind of play a little bit wider if he if he needs to and, and be a little bit more involved in play not just in the final third um but if 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 it's Berahino's name that's on the team sheet I'm not going to be disappointed either so yeah, I don't know. I, my temptation would be to stick as it is, and I know where you're coming from with that. When you know, MK Dons play three four three, and so if Wednesday are going to try and press them, I think the two best players that Wednesday've got for pressing up front are Gregory and Mendes Lang. You know, and we saw that. You know, the, the work rate. You know, I thought that that did set the tone certainly in the early stages of Bolton. And I do think that that will be important, that Wednesday will try to win the ball high up the pitch and then look to really punish them on the counter-attack. Um, and Mendes Lang gives you that uh, you know, that quick transition, doesn't he? You know, certainly out of the players that Wednesday've got at the disposal from Patterson, So, Berahino, Gregory, Mendes Lang. It's Mendes Lang who is the ball carrier. Mendes Lang is the one that can get Wednesday up the pitch very quickly and uh, you know so I do get the tactic and I and I do see that side of why Darren Moore has played him and Darren Moore did explain why he stuck with Mendes Lang after Bolton and, and I understand his reasons to some extent but you want your striker to score goals and the best finisher out of the, the the forwards that we've reeled off, you know, you would put them in order and go, it's Gregory and then Berahino. And so Berahino, for me, the form he's been in, right, Berahino should have started alongside Gregory again by now. For, for that, that to not have been a front two since Wednesday put six past Cambridge, that is strange to me. Mendes Lang has played now what the last three matches alongside Gregory and it's not that he's performed badly but you just look at Bolton there were chances there and would Berahino maybe have put one of those in I think he might have done and so Mm. that's where the dilemma comes for me really of you know Wednesday I've got to be more ruthless and I think Berahino's more likely to get you a goal and it does from the outside you do look at it and think it feels a tad like Darren Moore is trying to shoehorn Mendes Lang into the team. You know, that Mendes Lang, that's the only position that he can play right now that's up for grabs. He can't play at wing-back with how 
well Hunt and Johnson's done. So mm. he can only play up front. And, and so it's as if Darren Moore is, is trying to sort of get Mendes Lang, get him a goal, and then he might go on a little bit of a run. But he's just not played a lot of his career up front. So it's not a position that's that natural to him. Whereas Berahino is a striker. Like that is the role that he has been doing for years and years. Is it the case, and, and this is how I kind of see it, that from Darren Moore's point of view, I think I would see Nathaniel Mendes-Lang as being more important to the team maybe than a player like um, Berahino because he's um, Berahino is more of an out-and-out striker, isn't he? And therefore... As you'd expect from a striker, he's going to be a little bit more selfish because he wants to score goals, um, and 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 that's that's the kind of thing that you'd expect. I, I think you know, I think Berahino can go out and absolutely rip crew to pieces, but looking, you know, kind of taking each game at a time, looking at MK Dons, I just kind of see Mendes Lang as being more suited to that kind of game where it's going to be just as important for those front players to be back helping out you know, other parts of the pitch when it's needed. It isn't going to be one-way traffic. Wednesday are not going to be in control of, of, that, um, of that game. So I, I, I can I could totally see that, that that is, in my eyes, the better option for that, for that game. And, you know, if, if we're now, you know, we're Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, aren't we, for the rest of this season so it isn't going to be the same 11 that plays in all those games whether it could be or not doesn't matter we know that Darren Moore will change things up so you know Mendes Lang on Saturday and then let Berahino go out and, and, and let him off the leash against Crew. and that might be Darren Moore's thought process that might be what he goes for uh, but I, I just think that I would maybe be giving a nod to Berahino I, I think it's time to go back to that just see what he does Mendes Lang could be a great impact player as well. You know, I, I look at him and I think that in that last half an hour, he'd be someone that'd be very handy to have as an option that you could throw on there to stretch your defence. And, uh, you know, is completely different to a Berahino or a Callum Patterson. See, is, is there an argument that Callum Patterson might be just as good a fit for MK Dons as Berahino? You know, we're also talking about. It's, it's either Mendes Lang or Berahino, but you know, we've seen what Patterson can do off the bench as well. But so is he maybe due a start? You know, it's, it's the one position in the team, isn't it, that you're looking at and thinking it's who partners Lee Gregory up front. Yeah, you know that's the one that's it, up for grabs. You're right. It, it is, and this is why we're not paid to make these important decisions because it's easy for us to sit here. Yeah, you could absolutely make a case, couldn't you, for Callum Patterson? And um, He's got plenty of fans, hasn't he? There will be people that, uh, people listening to this now that are saying, actually, you know, give Patterson a go because he will, you know, he will get stuck in and he will fight and actually that physical presence that you get from Callum Patterson might be what Wednesday need against um, MK Dons, but we're not, we don't see what's going on on the, the training ground and all the other factors that are into it as well, so... I think what you said is absolutely right, James. It doesn't matter. Like, he's going to rotate. He will yeah. rotate the front two. Will Lee Gregory play in all the five remaining matches? He won't. I, I, I can't imagine that he will. At some point, he'll be on the bench. And, and you could say that about you know all those four players. They will get their opportunities between you know now and the end of the season. But then, I suppose the counter argument is: wouldn't you prefer a more settled front line going into the last five matches? 
possibly. M- maybe it would, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because we, we, we it won't happen. You know, that is that's not Darren Moore's um, Darren Moore's game. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see. So I'm saying Mendes Lag, you're going Berahino, and um, it probably will be Patterson in, in that case. We'll probably both be uh, both be wrong. Um, cool. All right, so. I mean, I think that's probably actually going to wrap us up for um, for this week as we go into Easter and into that business end of the um, season. Five games to go. It's so hard to call, isn't it? Which way it's going to? It's. it's, it's when's he going to do it, James? Well, I was thinking about this earlier and saying, you know, if we're saying it's two teams from three, who misses out? I don't and- think it is. By the way, I'm going to butt in there and say Plymouth aren't guaranteed. You know, they've got a tough run in. So I think they're what five points clear of Wednesday. Wickham and Sunderland but Wednesday've got a game in hand on them and Plymouth have got to play Sunderland they've got to play a number of the teams up there so I don't think it's a it's a done deal for them yet. I think, I think the, Plymouth with, will do it though. I think they will with the way they've, they've gone about things under Stephen Schumacher I'd be very surprised if Plymouth don't make it and so are we discounting Oxford They've gone on a bad run at the worst possible time, but it's the only four points back. I I reckon that I reckon Plymouth will do it, um, and then I think it's. I think the the team that I think Oxford will miss out. I think the other team that will miss out. I don't know. I've just got a, a funny feeling that Sunderland will wobble at the wrong time, and that it'll be Sunderland that. That miss out because they've been they've been the perennial underachievers for many years now. What is it like fourth or fifth season that they've yeah, been in? This is the fifth year, in League One, and they've still not hit the right form yet. So um, funny feeling that it will be Sunderland that are the other team that miss out. For me, the next time that we record the podcast, Wednesday have to have six points on the board, uh, and, and so if they get six points in the next three matches, hopefully they come MK Don's crew. And then there's not so much pressure and so much riding on Wickham. But if things don't go Wednesday's way, you know, I mean, that Wickham one could be season-defining. That that Wickham game, the way you look at it, you know, if, and if they win the next couple of matches before that, then that could be almost winner-takes-all territory. Yep, it is getting to that kind of point of the the season, isn't it? Right, cool. Well, um, thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors who are specialists in wills, trusts and um, probate. If you want to have a chat with Ollie, he is available um, for evenings, weekend and home appointments as well, wherever you are in South Yorkshire. Uh, just book night now at titolaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott and the show is at Dom and James. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Just search for Singing the Blues and you can find those links on our website or in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Up the owls and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 